This is Bamsey's Humanity First podcast. I am Chris Reinwell, the CEO and president of Bamsey, Peter Evers. As we look back at 2020 and ahead to 2021, we'll talk a little bit about you know what has been obviously the dominant story of 2020, and that is COVID-19 and how we have adapted to that in some ways and you know how many individuals are hoping that a turn of the calendar on uh, Friday or Thursday evening is going to change things uh, dramatically. And we'll get to a little bit of the psyche of that as well as we're joined right now by the president and CEO of Bamsey, Peter Ewers. Peter, how are you? I'm well, thanks, Chris. How are you doing? Good. Appreciate joining us for the show. And I guess we'll start with the turning of the calendar. To me, it's like I am, I guess, a cynic, I would say, at this point. Um, and, you know, I certainly understand the the dynamic when there is something that is bad that is taking place for us to want to you know turn the page or to say that things are going to be anew. But, um, you know, it's kind of like the person that, um, you know, is having a difficult time in life and decides that they're going to drink a six pack and um, they're going to feel better about things while that's taking place. But then they wake up in the morning and um, you know the problems are all still there, and to me that's it's kind of unfortunately. And I, you know, we want to provide hope, we want to provide opportunity, but in order to do that, you know, there needs to be evidence. And I think that you take more hope in the fact that there is a vaccination and that we're starting to you know make progress on on COVID nineteen. Hopefully, um, you take a little more stock in that than okay, twenty twenty one is going to be a better year. Thank God, twenty twenty is over. I mean. <laughs> I I don't I don't really prescribe to that because I think that you have to take each day and you know embrace it for what it is and try to get the most out of it. If you're trying to fast forward your life, I think that um, you know you end up missing out on things. That's right. That's a that's a good lead in, and I think you know if, I was trying to think about what it must be like to be 2021 and the pressure that's on 2021 after a year like this. I've, I actually thought if 2021 was a person who would it be and I thought well maybe Cam Newton I, that's what I was going to say <laughs> and Patriots fans are like no <laughs> but, well right yeah. but but, uh, but essentially you know this whole idea of I can't wait to be 2020 to be over is more about our human uh, makeup and the idea that we are future oriented human beings that there is hope and that there will be a better time around the corner you know you think about just on the sports analogy thing for a second i think this celtics fans were you know when the team was going through the playoffs they didn't have kyrie irving they didn't have gordon hayward and there were draft picks coming down the line like everybody was like let's look ahead and like think about how good this team's going to be when these guys come back and when we have more draft picks and and I was like, no, just enjoy, enjoy this for ride. what this is and enjoy the process because you don't know what the future holds. And now yeah. you see the Celtics in a completely different mode. Those guys are gone. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, that's, I think, a, a good story, story and model as well if you want to use sports. It's just embrace the now. That's right. And there have been, you know, I mean, this has been a terrible time. There's absolutely no question about it. But I would say from my vantage point, just in terms of Bamsey, I came along – the week before uh, COVID struck. So I don't really know uh, anything about Bamsey other than COVID. Uh, and, you know, it's time to take stock, I think, at the end of the year it is. And when I look back, I think about heroes. I think about how people uh, stepped up to the plate and just took this on. And it was, we didn't know what it was. We didn't know when it was going to end. 
but we but we just faced this adversity incredibly well. And when you think about how successful we've been, it is because of those essential workers. It is because of those clinicians who are able to readjust work from home, manage their family lives and their kids, and still end up with a product at the end of the day. And I couldn't be more proud. I wouldn't wish this on anybody, but it certainly gave me um, a, a vision, a keyhole, if you like, into the powers and the qualities of the people that work at BAMSI. And I'm forever grateful for that. Um, and we've learned a lot, I think, uh, over this period of time. And we, we can talk about that, too. And nobody likes failure. Nobody likes adversity. But with those two things come lessons that bring success and you know the character that you you may not understand at the time but makes a lot of sense moving forward. And, you know, if you're just sailing through life and everything is easy and, you know, are you learning as much as you can about yourself and about, um, you know, the things that you may need to have success with the trials and tribulations that are coming down the road? And I think that, you know, during COVID, we have all learned things about ourselves, our strengths and our weaknesses that, you know, we, we didn't maybe know before. And, you know, think about remote learning as an example and you know, parents having to, to teach kids and to um, adapt and be patient and to figure things out in ways that they weren't able to um, be challenged in before. And the same is for you know the workplace. Um, when there is sacrifices that have to come up, when there are challenges that need to be met, you know you find out a lot about yourself and your deficiencies and also your areas of um, success. And I think that we have found out so much about ourselves in both our personal and work lives. Um, we've been able to reprioritize um, things. And you know, from the struggles, and let's be honest, for many individuals out there right now, there are intense struggles. Um, and they are mental, they are um, physical, they are real. And from those struggles, though, comes lessons and stories, and um, you're able to assess or reassess yourself in order to figure out um, what is the path for you moving forward. And I think that um, you know, with the adversity we have faced, the trial, the error, um, I think that this year will be one in which we were tested and one in which we have been you know, resilient and um, ingenuitive in figuring out how to try to make things not optimal, not back to what we were expecting uh, things to be like after many years of, you know, um, things being a certain way. Um, but we've met those challenges for the most part, or had because we've had to. Yeah. And I think, you know, I, I don't want to get political here because I never do, but um, I think uh, when you look back at what has happened, it in some ways, society has changed a little bit, and hopefully we can hold on to that. And I think about this idea of, um, you know, I was talking to a friend of mine in England um, yesterday who is in uh, the publishing uh, industry, and they've been devastated that, you know, that he, he, he puts on um, advertising campaigns and things like that. Uh, but he's still getting his salary. He's worked from home the whole time. Um, and essentially, he's ridden out this... Um, um, this pandemic. But society's changed because it's recognized all too late, in my opinion, that the, that the people that keep this economy going, the people that get up every day and go to work 
and look after people and keep the economy going are the are our essential the essential workers um, and th- those people who have taken on way more risk than anybody else uh, who have been paid way less and I think it is a time for us to take advantage of that and tell that story over and over again as we emerge from this. No, it's so true. And, you know, one of the unfortunate things is that um, we look at the stimulus bill which passed Congress um, and was signed by the president that still doesn't include um, the hero's money, which we had uh, talked about and advocated uh, for. And I think that that's incredibly unfortunate. Um, And, you know, I think that the individuals that have served on the the front lines are the people that, you know, deserve – money more than anybody else um and i think it's it's one thing to to talk about it and i think it's another thing to um to have it come to you know fruition and you know we've seen for for years i mean this is a consumption-based economy and uh, individuals you know will pay a lot for um entertainment and uh, the individuals that work in that uh, realm that make you know millions of dollars in some uh, circumstances uh, certainly um, deserve to be compensated for what money goes into that. But, you know, it, it's been a discussion, of course, for many years how backwards our society is that we look to athletes and musicians and actors and YouTubers as our our barometers um, in terms of entertainments, uh, how much money they make, and also in terms of their um, social status. And the individuals that keep the country running, you know, basketball, baseball, football, hockey, movies, the performing arts all stopped. But, you know, the people at the grocery stores kept stocking the shelves. The people at the uh, long-term care facilities kept coming in to do their job. And, you know, it is it is unfortunate to me that um, that's still – Despite what we know, despite the knowledge of this, despite that permeating through society, nothing has really changed from the pay scale perspective. No. And, we, and again, if there was an opportunity to do it, then it's now. And, you know, I was thinking about the word my uh, son was talking to me about somebody who was an influencer the other day, which I'm not entirely sure what an influencer is on the Internet. But I imagine it's somebody who pulls in viewers and or eyeballs or whatever that might be. Um, and I think, who are the real influences uh, during this pandemic? And I think of Jared at uh, Lothrop Street and, you know, his um, staff uh, and how they've been able to um, how they've been able to um, support the, 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 the person served there. He's been in that position for 18 years and his staff have been there for many years as well. And that they is, they're just the perfect example of a caring, nurturing environment which is influencing our society in a way which is great, far greater to me. Yeah, and I think of Mackenzie Barry too yeah. and um, many individuals in our organization who made the decision to sacrifice time with family, to take on risk in order to make sure that the individuals that we care for were cared for and continue to be cared for in a challenging environment. And, you know, an influencer, a YouTuber, a politician, the thing that, you know, all have in common is they are, um, many are have a me, 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 look at me, look what I'm saying, listen to what I'm saying um, type of approach. And um, that is very different than the selflessness that we have 
seen exhibited by the heroes of our organization and many others and you know in the past whether it was um, individuals that uh, served our nation overseas um, very often the characteristic of selflessness is one that should be an influencer but um, we have moved into a a realm where loud voices are what influences or um, the ability to create attention, mm-hmm. um, either, either a visual or audio um, type of a format, is what creates um, influence. And they, the fact that those individuals demand attention and um, continue to demand attention is what creates success for them. But you know, our heroes are individuals that are the exact opposite. They want to go and, and do their work. And um, they don't want a lot of attention for it. Yeah. And that's why the I Am Essential campaign, you know, that you sort of kicked off with McKenzie and, the, and other folks has been so important. It's so important that we get that out because we want to tell that story. We want to tell that story of the real heroes. And I will, I will say, Chris, and I, I think you know this, but, you know, the number of people who are applying for positions has increased threefold since we've been putting those uh, I Am Essential uh, videos up on CNN and a couple of other um, stations um, in the southeast. Um, so it's working. You know, people are saying, oh, I want a piece of that. I want to be involved in that because it's a bigger thing than these loud voices um, and and attention grabbing. And I'm, I'm really pleased with that. I really think that's going to make a big difference to, you know, how we recruit. And we're going to continue that into January and focus on uh, some of the clinicians within our organization as well, and also the focus on mental health and and COVID, um, as we're you know not just uh, looking for more clinicians t- uh, to work here at Bamsey, but also you know looking to tell the story of um, what is taking place from a mental health perspective and how we're you know meeting those challenges to help individuals who are struggling as a result of uh, COVID, and you know it's really across the board individuals who are. Um, having uh, you know in, increased uh, mental health um, issues as a result of COVID, it's been a, a major challenge for people. Um, you know, we all like to have control over our lives, and COVID has taken that away. You a lot of times can't do the things that you want to do. You can't see the people you want to see. It also creates these really challenging dynamics where you have those two things competing against one another there's the 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 one person sitting on your shoulder saying go have a christmas party what's wrong with that there's only a minute chance that somebody would get covid at this event and you know you should you should go do that you only get so many opportunities to have and create these special memories with your family then there's the person on the other shoulder says well what about work Mm -hmm. what about the contact Mm -hmm. tracing what about all the the different challenges even if you don't get covid if somebody there has covid all the problems it's create and then you're there thinking oh what do i do like what do i do i want to see my family my family's pestering me to see them Mm -hmm. and my dad's like you haven't seen me in this long and then you're also thinking is that is that the right responsible thing to do and so it's created this environment where there is so much um uncertainty about our decision making yeah, and you think about how the families of our uh, the loved ones of uh, person served as well who have not been to vi- able to visit 
their loved ones. It's just a terrible situation. And, and I think that's a really good e example of how we're always making decisions uh, in an imperfect world. We know that some of the decisions we make are not going to be great for people. You think about folks who have lost, um, you know, parents, you know, elderly parents over this last year. That you, you know, you, you worry that it might be your last holiday uh, with them. And, and so I think to... Or that they might get COVID anyway. Yeah, yeah. It's been... That's just one thing on that. It, it's anecdotal, um, but there's also evidence that indicates... I mean, this has been the the deadliest year in American history in, in some time. And it's, it's COVID. It's other things as well. Um, I mean, you just think about the amount of... Um, you know, celebrities who have died mm -hmm. this year. Um, most recently, Casey Jones, the yeah. former Celtics coach, and Tommy Heinsohn died yeah. just a few weeks prior to that. Robin Jackman died yeah. yesterday. It's He's a cricketer, by the way. That's, I just <laughs> went along with that <laughs> uh, for your benefit. Thank you. Um, but, yeah, it's been, it's been a year of incredible loss as well. A lot of it has been COVID-related. Yeah. Some has not been COVID-related. But um, – it just seems like, and again, it's been uh, the the data indicates it as well. This has been the deadliest year in American history in in some time. So those those thoughts are are real. Yeah, and on the backs, of course, of of um, the the opioid uh, crisis yeah. that we're still in, and we tend to forget that. You know, I was thinking about this year, and as everybody is in the last week of it, and I thought, you know, two things happened this year which are extraordinary that we don't think about. Um, there was a terrible uh, fire in Australia that um, right. wiped out millions of acres of land for some of the indigenous animals and people died. And you think about that and you think, oh, I vaguely remember that. That was January of this year. Kobe Bryant um, passed away in a terrible accident. All his of these daughter. things and his daughter, of course, and, and all of these things happened before this pandemic laid a big blanket over us in terms of, you know, what is this year doing? And I think it's important to consider the longer term effects um, of of COVID in terms of our mental health, you know, and also there have been things that happened to people in general with a lot of divorces that have happened. I would say they're probably related in some way to the fact that the pandemic has put economic strain on people and people have been cooped up uh, together uh, in houses like they've never been before. Uh, and so COVID, when, co when the vaccine is, is, is rolled out and we do have herd immunity, that's all good. But we have to keep paying attention to some of the mental health issues that are happening to people. When you look at what happened in the Second World War, which is akin to this, I'm not saying in terms of the destruction, but in the, in the disruptive uh, element of it, Depression and PTSD and readjustment to a way of life took years and years and years. And we're going to be more important than ever as a provider of that service in terms of readjusting and re-regulating people back to normalcy. Yeah, I mean, COVID has affected – everyone's been affected to varying degrees. But it's affected some people much more significantly than others from a mental health side. I mean, there are some people that have barely left their homes since uh, March. And some individuals, for good reason, they have uh, you know comorbidities, are older, um, and that makes a lot of sense. Other individuals have been um, very afraid uh, of um, contracting COVID, but there are some individuals that have left their homes a handful of times uh, who were used to going out and doing things over a span of nine months. Um, and there are other individuals who 
you know, have had their lives drastically affected. Um, you know, we've, again, the two worst words in the English language for parents have been remote learning yeah. <laughs> um, and trying to figure out how to make that uh, work. And, yeah, you can consider the financial strains as well. This has been a really, you know, challenging time period. And, you know, there's a number of different ways to try to uh, to cope with that and to try to assess that. But, you know, it's it, it's been... A challenge for folks to try to figure out, particularly in the winter months, how to cope with it. Uh, you know, before you could go outside, people were taking like eight walks a day with mm-hmm. their dog. Like it was like that was what's taking place for for you know the springtime period. But you know, here in in winter, it's very it's very different. And um, you know, the the time period where there's less daylight and all that has been very very challenging for folks. And I think that it's going to be and I'm interested in your take on this, it's going to be interesting to see how people react post-COVID or as we start to move out of this. Are they going to go straight back to what they did before? Is there going to be some acquiescence? Are we going to just try to forget what took place here? Um, how do you go about trying to uh, to cope and also realize the changes that are ahead? Yeah, I think it's a, it's a, it's going to be a great question. I think everybody's having that conversation. We had it um, a few days ago about well, will we go back to how we were? You know, you know, in conversations with Lucas Carvalho, our facilities guru, it's do we need this space? We have to work that out. I don't think it's going to stay the same, Chris. I don't think we will be in this mode ongoing. We're human beings. We we adore contact. We love to chit-chat in the morning around the, the coffee machine or whatever it might be. And people really miss that. You know, work is not just coming down and sitting at your desk or, or, or providing services to people. It is building a network of, uh, of friends and relationships and sharing and so many other things happen in the workplace. And we've been denied that. We've been denied those relationships and people want them back again. So I think it will be a mixture of maybe we'll continue for the next couple of years or three years to do remote uh, working when we can. Of course, our resi workers will often say, well, what is this remote thing? Right. <laughs> I've been here the whole time, and that's absolutely right. Um, but I think we ease back into it. There's, it isn't like there's going to be a big bang and it's over, right? It's going to be, we need to know how many people are going to take the, the vaccine. And there are so many people I've heard who've said they don't want to take it. But maybe right. in the second round and maybe the third round, they'll feel better about that. But that's how we build the immunity. That's how we build our way out of this. Right. I, you know, I am hopeful as everybody else is that um, we're able to turn the page, you know, in the summer and fall as a result of individuals getting the vaccine. But, you know, I've seen um, in New Hampshire, as an example, that uh, UNH did a poll which indicated that a third of the population would not be getting the vaccine. And that's obviously a problem we've also heard about mutant strains yeah. over in the uk yeah. and in other places which um you know the vaccine may not be able to uh address um whether we need to get vaccinated once again on a uh, or how long the vaccine lasts so there's the, the vaccine is not a silver bullet but it's an important piece um i think that we're going to be living with covid for unfortunately many years to uh to come and what will that look like will people be wearing masks um on a continuous basis 
um, I think during the winter months that that's probably going to be a thing for uh, for a period of time. But uh, you know, we, in my view, we've had to figure out how to adapt to living with COVID. And I'm not sure that's gone all that well. <laughs> I, no. think th- I think that no. a lot of individuals just kind of want to put it in the in the rear view mirror, have their parties and do whatever, you know, they were going to uh, to do. Um, but we have to you know, do the little things around COVID, like such as wearing masks and social distancing and washing our hands. I mean, there's three pretty simple things, well, but people, people – hate COVID at this point and they just don't they it's like this mentality of I don't want to give into it no I'm not I'm not going to give in to Charlie Baker who's saying that I need to wear a mask so I'm not going to wear a mask I'm going to show him like it's this 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 very strange mental dynamic that exists where we don't want to be told what to do we're angry at COVID so we don't for taking things away so we don't want to do like these three really simple things I think the I think politics has something to do with that as well Chris you know this it became politicized incredibly quickly if you think about it and and it was used as a hammer on both sides and it was almost like we were being asked to choose from a menu of fact but everything is politicized i mean it shouldn't well, right. be to choose yeah. i mean you can't you can't like bruce springsteen if you're a republican apparently because yeah. bruce springsteen is Stein born in the usa <laughs> right he's anti-american so <laughs> you can't enjoy can't enjoy his music you can't take in what he has to say and be like oh, okay i like that i don't like that it makes you angry um, if a athlete, you know, speaks out on behalf of Trump, ostracized, can't like him. <laughs> Same thing on yeah. Biden. Yeah. So, like, we it, everything has is politicized, and this is the latest example yeah. of that. Well, I think yeah, it's chicken and egg. I mean, I think if we didn't have that, it would have been a much better managed public health. Um, and I, I thought yesterday about this that the two countries who you know uh, are, are fairly you know advanced. And I think about Britain and and the U.S. have failed pretty miserably in terms of controlling. Uh, and actually, that's a, that's probably unfair to some states. Take Florida. Florida has actually managed this really well. They have, you know, and they haven't shut down. So it, it it bears more investigation rather than saying, well, Florida's governor's a Republican, so I'm, as a Democrat, I'm not going to like him. And the guy in New York, it's more complicated than that. And and I think maybe there'll be some more clarity about message. But you know what you said is interesting. The flu, um, the cases of the flu are down this year. And they're down because I think people have been wearing masks and they've mm-hmm. been um, fastidiously washing their hands. So there's another lesson around infection control uh, that we can probably learn for the for the future. Yeah, I think that there's a a general distrust that is occurring amongst institutions, and I think that that's kind of shared across all political parties and is a commonality between you know the UK and uh, and America at this point. And um, e- no matter how you which side you're on, you kind of construe things in order to <laughs> fit your narrative. Fit your yeah. narrative. Um, so I think that's kind of what's happening from the political perspective. Before we wrap here on this edition of the podcast, a couple things looking ahead to um, 2021. First off, um, what is the latest on the vaccination process for those at BAMSI? Um, and what is that going to, to look like? Is there a listening session coming up in the short term? Yes. 
Funny you should mention that. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> yeah, actually, our relationship with CVS um, as the provider of the vaccine is going along very well. They're reaching out to individual houses for phase one. It's highly likely, though, Chris, that our uh, folks will really blend into phase two just because of the rollout, because of the unavailability of the of the vaccinations for a while. But we're picking up on that. So I would say mid-January we'll probably be getting the first um, the first houses covered and then we'll go from there um, I think one of the things I'm glad you mentioned that because we will be having listening sessions in January about the vaccine um, and it won't be a preachy you should take the vaccine um, but it's really more about exploring the the factors if one doesn't and one does because n- nobody's here to um, um, argue with people over the risks because that's your personal opinion but maybe the conversation is what is the good that come out or can come out of having uh, as many people vaccinated as possible so that's online for uh, for January I you know I will I will I will say that I will take the the vaccination as soon um, as I am eligible to take it which actually is quite a while I think but it probably won't be till March April but uh, as soon as I can, uh, I'll be taking the vaccine. Yeah, same. Uh, I think that it's um, really important uh, for us to to do that, and um, I think that the positives far outweigh the um, the negatives from my own personal perspective. So, yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. the The second piece is how do you see things changing um, at BAMZ in 2021 um, in regards to, you know, COVID-19 is going to be as we start to um, get more people vaccinated throughout the organization, is it going to be um, the changes in how uh, services are provided um, and also how individuals within the organization have their workday structured? Yeah, also, it's all up for grabs. Okay. And I don't think I don't think it's we all come back. I really don't. I think but gradually we probably double the amount of people that can be in the space as the as the uh, state allows us to do that. And we bring people back very uh, gradually and carefully. We give people options. You know, remember those uh, those folks with pre-existing conditions. We need to make sure that they're safe as well. We need to continue to uh, with our regimen of, of cleaning um, and you know making our workplaces safe. So there's a big job there with the HVAC conversions, and there's a lot of work to be done. Um, and so we ease into it because this is a, this 21 is not going to be the fix, but maybe it's the transition. Uh, and maybe that's how we think about 2021. Yeah, I, unfortunately, I you know I agree with you. I think um, you know what I have seen and heard and listening to public health experts, and you know I, I don't listen to one person specifically. You kind of take in all the information and try to gauge um, and average things out and make a decision as to where things are going to to end up. But it seems like. Um, you know, things are going to start to get better. We're going to start to see a return to normal, start to see a return to normal around that uh, Memorial Day time frame. But it's going to take a very long time for individuals to be vaccinated. Um, and we're, it's going to take a while for um, restrictions to be lifted in regards to gathering as a result of that. And it's also going to take a while for you know society to shift. Do we get to a place where we're going back to movie theaters where concert halls are the way they used to be and sporting events and all that. Um, it's going to be a phased-in approach. I don't think you're going to see 37,000 people at Fenway Park at any point in the 2021 season. That's going to be out to 2022 if we're yep. uh, if we're fortunate. Um, so 
yeah, it's everyone has kind of been eager for that um, silver bullet where it just kind of like, okay, we're good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> everything's everything's going to be back to the way it was, and um, I, I just don't see that. No, but I, to, to, to finish, but there's reason to be optimistic. Yeah, I think there is, and and maybe taking it. I mean, people tend to sort of get um, have new New Year's resolutions. Uh, and promise themselves that they're going to stick to things. This year might be the year where you take the resolution beyond the 15th of January (laughs) and commit to, you know, staying healthy, to moving, to eating right. Mine's like five days. Five days. It's pretty good. (laughs) But, um, uh, you know, obviously people aren't joining gyms at the moment particularly quickly. But but just a nod to self-care, a nod to forgiving yourself. Because if you're short-tempered with the kids or with your spouse, just ask for forgiveness because everybody is under such stress at the moment. Uh, Look after yourself. Be kind to yourself uh, and make sure you put yourself in the best position you can to care for yourself and your family and all the people that you love. I think that's a really good message because, you know, we can't be the best who we are to others unless you're in a good place um, personally. And the one major lesson for me from COVID is that you can always put a pause on and you can always say, okay, I want to make my life this and I want to make these changes. A lot of times we get caught and we think that uh, we can't do things. The, you know, the tide is rolling against us. You can't stop that momentum, but you can. Um, You are the person that has control over everything in your life. And what COVID did was it stripped us all down to a bare minimum. Mm-hmm. It took away all the things that, um, not all the things, but most of the things that are excess in our lives. You know, our travel, our going out, mm-hmm. all those things. And it brought us to a very core, basic place where we returned to nature, we went outside mm-hmm. more, um, we read more, we focused on the things that we like that are around us. And it allowed us to kind of build out what we want our lives to be moving forward. Well, 2021 is going to continue that process. And you, you know, in my view, the New Year's resolution is to enjoy each day for what it is and to be, you know, present in what is around you and to only focus on what is there that can be controlled that is within your presence in that instant. That's exactly right. Remember, always put your oxygen mask on first. (laughs) As always, great to see you, and we shall see you in the new year. Happy New Year. As Peter Evers, the President and CEO of BAMSI, I am Chris Ryan. Thanks for joining us for the Humanity First podcast.